into the moth light. This time on Into the Mothlight, we are in Bristol, in the southwest of England, to talk to some of the members of Beef, that's Bristol Experimental Expanded Film. Beef is a film and sound collective supporting experimental practice in Bristol since 2015. It provides an independent platform and much-needed resources for artist production, distribution and critical engagement. The focus on experimental and analogue practices. Members collaborate and work together to organise a regular programme of events, screenings, performances, exhibitions, residencies and film and sound workshops. In this episode, you'll hear from founding members Vicky Smith and Sam Francis, along with Laura Phillips. You'll find links to Beef and the websites of some of the individual members on our new website at intothemothlight.com. I was interested in hearing about how artists collaborate in a collective that goes beyond filmmaking and how the group came together back in 2015. Into the Moth Light. Um, so I'm Sam Francis, a beef member, um, been a beef member since the beginning actually, so I helped to kind of set up the collective. Um, my background is kind of arts organising, so I was able to kind of bring that into the fold when we were kind of putting beef together as a collective. So what was going on in Bristol in, in 2015 that, that led to the the development of of beef there must have been a kind of cultural catalyst of some point to bring you all together i think that that there's a real shortage of studio spaces in bristol there's one really big studio place but it's got a huge waiting list and and i think actually it was you know a lot of things that are quite institutional or and a lot of things only last a short a short while so you know you might get a group of artists who get together and run a project for a couple of years, uh, lose their space, get burnt out, and, you know, and that collective kind of disappears, or that project disappears. Um, So I guess, in a way, it was, I suppose, in response to that, but also we didn't really want to kind of be bound by any kind of institutional, I don't know, like, ways of working. Like, we wanted to kind of be quite autonomous, so, you know, the idea of kind of seeking our own space that we could kind of run in a way that self-sustains itself. So we kind of, we all pay a monthly membership fee and then we get to kind of access all of the kind of resources that Beef has. So, you know, the space, the contacts, the connections. Um, and when we've got a space that we can put events on, you know, an event space and a programme. So... I think for that reason it felt really exciting um, and also for it not not to be kind of exclusive for artists like a lot of beef members are, are curators or producers or writers or like work in radio or musicians and work in sound so although I think you know beef was initially set up to support experimental film like that became a bit looser around the edges because um, I think that Obviously, with expanded film, you then comes sound and then comes music. So there's like a lot of crossover between all of these different art forms. And actually, 
for me, that's what makes beef really exciting, actually, because all these people come together and then a lot of people have ended up working together, um, whether it's creatively or from my part, I've worked on work on other projects and it's allowed me to kind of, um, I suppose, develop my curatorial kind of vision as well. Um, so, you know, I, I programme a lot of artists and work with artists through beef or discover new people. So it's kind of, it's it's very open like that, really. And I was interested in that because it must be a joy as a curator to have access to so many individuals who come from different backgrounds and from different directions and to it's almost kind of pick and mix what you want to put your programs together so that must be great yeah for sure absolutely and just kind of having the freedom when we've got a space like we have here it's it's been great to be able to collaborate on events um, Vicky and I did an event last year where we wanted to try to because quite often we have we'll have film events then we'll have music events and quite often they felt they felt a bit a bit kind of segregated so we tried to kind of put together an event that looked at both of those things so uh what, what did we call it i think it might be up there uh oh yeah women in punk and no way film and music so vicky from an experimental film background looked at the kind of history of women in experimental film and from the 70s and the 80s and then from my side of things i was looking at how how uh, women in music kind of exist today but also how that kind of reflects on um, some of the histories that Vicky was talking about so we did this kind of like day-long event where we had film screenings and talks and we got people to come in and talk talk both musicians and filmmakers and then we had live music in the evening so you know it's trying to like thinking about doing things in a slightly different way Mm -hmm. um, which is yeah really great to have that opportunity to do that. And I, I always look with envy when I see your events um, posted on social media, for example, because Mothlight HQ is a good few hundred miles away from your HQ. But I know even recently um, you had the Beef Night In, and I love the ideas of performance and screenings and installations and, and happening. So how do you go about planning those events and, and what do they look and feel like on the night? Mm, good question. Um well, it's interesting because we've done we've kind of done a lot of those things in a quite ad hoc way. Like it might, you might come into Beef HQ and someone's messing around with something, and then other people join in um, and bring something else to it. Or we'll do it in an informal way and you know just get together in the ballroom and and do stuff. But this time we kind of put it out to the public, and it felt really different actually. Like um, I'm not sure it, it worked as well as when they've been completely ad hoc. Um, I guess people kind of bring along what they feel like they can bring to it at the time. Um, so one of the ones we did at Christmas, um, so Matt Davies collects these amazing old um, information films from the 70s and 80s, or public information films. So he was showing a load of that, and then Vicky came along with a slide projector and was kind of in, inter, intervening with these films. And then you've got some people that work with sound kind of responding to that and, you know, messing around with the sounds of the projector. Um, so really just kind of amal- an amalgam of, of stuff kind of happening all at the same time. It kind of feels like playtime, actually, when we do all that stuff. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're, we're having fun right now. Um, and that, yeah, it's nice to have the space to be able to do that. And I, and I understand that a lot of the artists who came on board in the early days of Beef were quite well-established 
artists already. But again, given the new people that are coming on board and who might be taking advantage of the you know the the chance to to engage in some critical engagement or do some of the workshops, do you get a sense that the experimental film and you know experimental music and performance scene in, in Bristol is richer as a result of of your time here? Um, I mean, I'd really like to hope so. I'd really like to think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that even within Beef, there are people that have done film workshops that won't have worked with analog film before, myself included. Um, and yeah, I think that if you know th- this, since we've been in the Brunswick Club in the last two years or so, like we've put on so many events and so many people have come through the doors and you know it's widely felt that this is it's been a, like a really positive thing for for Bristol um and for people who who want to kind of go to things that are a bit more unusual I think um but I think it's all it's also a struggle to get audiences big audiences anyway for for the more kind of niche experimental film stuff um so you know while things do cross over I think that there is there's also you know people uh, like what they like a little bit and I think that's just kind of how things are really sadly mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed a, a DIY approach to to, to to making art and I think we, we have a kind of as artists we'll have a responsibility to create our own our own opportunities which is obviously something that you do very well here but how how does that tally with the, the business of keeping a building like this going, for example, because obviously mm. the money has to come from somewhere. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a massive drain on our on our time, really, actually. So this building's incredible, but we do spend a lot of time having to kind of have meetings and talk about how we're kind of, how our finances are and, you know, deal with things like looking after the building and fire and health and safety and stuff. And, yeah, there's definitely times when... We've just been like, you know, we've had a full events programme and then we've had, you know, lots of um, lots of work to do around the building and it just feels like massively overwhelming, um, definitely. But, you know, the payoff is that we're here, we've got this amazing opportunity to be here and we're surrounded by, you know, really, really great and interesting people. I mean, it kind of feels, it sounds a bit cliched, but it does feel a bit like a kind of art family. Like I kind of look at it like my art family. Um, it's what I do most of the time, really, is just come here and do things with people here and, you know, um, hang out and, yeah, do just get creative. Vicky Smith has been practicing experimental animation for 25 years. She's a founder member of the London Filmmakers Co-op and also writes on experimental and expanded animation. I asked Vicky about how she came to be in Bristol and part of the team to set up Beef. My first um, intent had been to create more of a culture around experimental film in Bristol. Because I used to work at the London Filmmakers Co-op. 
So that was straight after graduating. Mm -hmm. So that I straight away got launched into the kind of hardcore experimental film stuff. Then I wanted to move out of London, and it just felt that there was a really... It felt like it was possible in Bristol to do something. Me and Kim Knowles, we'd spoken about it a little bit, so she was one of the other, let's call it initiators. We had a few chats about running experimental film nights or a small film festival in Bristol. Then the third initiator, Louise Fairclough, she came on board and she had a much bigger idea, which at the time wasn't really kind of what I had in mind. What we ended up being was pretty much what she had cooked up, which actually, to her credit, has been really successful. You know, so she wanted to have studios, which would mean that we had the means to make rent for the place. I think it was her idea to have the bar, so that brought in a lot of income. So it just kind of meant that we we didn't need any state funding, whereas the film co-op had been always funded, I think, by Arts Council and BFI and that. And um, tell me how being part of a collective like this um, informs and influences the work that you're producing now from Bristol. Actually, it's been great being part of a collective, even though I used to work at the film co-op. As I say, I'd just graduated, so I didn't really have a clue about what that actually meant in terms of maybe sometimes doing things that you weren't so bothered about doing just in order to sort of nurture a sense of shared ethos, you know, um, where, you know, you sort of look after the whole and the whole looks after you. That's my learning about the collective, which I've still got a lot of learning to do. Um, But then in terms of the actual idea of collaborating with other members of the collective, um, because I tend to work in animation, I've done that. uh, I've mostly worked on my own. Uh, for the number of short films that I've made and I've also made the sound myself and I'm happy to do that because they're sort of often being quite intimate or personal films. The downside has been that I've just not actually had the um, technical expertise which has meant that when I've used my own voice or cut sound um, in the way that I used to um, it's always been a bit raw or limited. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was aware that people in the collective are expert in sound. Shirley, Shirley Pegner is uh, the person who I I first started to get a sense that the way she worked with sound was similar to the way I was making a film because she was using, like, rubbing on the mic and uh, scrunching. You know, so it's very sort of manual, the way she, you know, she was interfering with the technology, let's mm-hmm. say, and she would put mics on the ground and, and record the sound of the earth itself. Oh, right. So oh. I really liked that sense that it felt kind of quite raw and not entirely controlled, and but working in a really... with a deep understanding of the sonic, let's say... Mm-hmm. So I did a collaboration with her. It suddenly seemed like Bing Light On. I'd just been in... Beef had been around for... We started in January 2015. I started collaborating with Shirley in April 2015. So it didn't take long before I really realised how that could advance my practice. And, and of course, you're helping others to enhance your, your practice. And I was really interested in the workshops that you run here Everything from shooting with a bolex 
to projecting to um, the various types of processing. So tell me about some of the, the workshops and you know what kind of things you got up to there. Well, at the film co-op, the, my role was workshop organiser. So I sort of had to have a good, good understanding of all the mechanical and optical and chemical systems. I've never been geeky about it, but I do get a sense of satisfaction from being able to, let's say, strip a camera down to its its cogs and wheels. Um, it's something that you can't do with digital, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I, fi- I do find that to be empowering, you know, being able to sort of do first-line maintenance, let's say, on these uh, old analogue machines. The workshops have sort of... Well, we've done some basic camera use. We did a sort of experimental projection, and that was really just, um, I suppose, getting away from the uh, standardised idea of the projector being... So, yeah, let's to bring it back to the notion of experimental cinema and expanded cinema, where the projector becomes a protagonist... You know, it's kind of noisy and can be played for its own effects, let's say. Mm-hmm. So that workshop's explored that. Um, so it's just kind of like um, we used a couple of different projectors and just projected loops and just tried to get away from the idea of being fixed on a single screen. Mm-hmm. So it was really about um, bringing the projector into its role in expanded cinema. Also darkroom, you know, it's... Um, like I say, I do DIY, so I don't do any of it with expertise. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still learning from people who, like Matt, who is much more in-depth about it than I. I, I tend to just know it all quite superficially <laughs> because it's been a means to an end. And actually, most people only want to know it superficially anyway. So Yeah, um, I think so. It's been really interesting to see how people have been able to Experiment with processing at home, um, caffeinol and mm. processing, and all the all the variations of mm. it. Um, so it, it must be nice for for you to be able to to share not just the, the processes and the science of it, but also give people that creative freedom. The whole caffeinol thing. My learning of this is quite recent, um, and it's come about through I think what has, as you sort of suggested. Maybe a, what would you call it? I don't know. Return um, a, a, a renaissance of artist-run film projects, which um, I think Beef is part of. And then there was a whole um, international film labs meeting, whereby I think this knowledge is circulated about home brew processes. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I'm kind of indebted to the whole generosity of the collective knowledge where. You know, there's this uh, wanting to sort of publish online how to develop in coffee and how to fix insult. It's being freely exchanged, let's say. That's all part of the skill-sharing culture, I think, which it's a good alternative to the industry. Into the Moth Light. Into the Moth Light podcast. So my name's Laura Phillips and I'm a Bristol-based artist um, and I'm affiliated with Bristol Experimental and Expanded Film. Whatever I do, it's about questions how we come to know an object. So thinking about different ways of perception and seeing and feeling and thinking about 
things and technology. And often I get interested in the ideas of like maybe effect or melancholy or um, there are things that I keep returning to at the minute. For the past two years, Beef have held a um, stage uh, at a Supernormal Festival, which is in Oxfordshire, Brazier's Park. And it's a stage set in the middle of um, the woods, so kind of offset from the main festival. And it's for us to um, showcase our interests, but also like Beef members' practice. Um, so it's a lot of analogue, experimental film, film screenings, workshops, um, as well as a kind of place where we can cross-collaborate with performers that might be there at the festival. Often it's sometimes even just like people who've recently learnt skills in workshops then participating in an expanded film performance. Um so yeah, um, it, it's not necessarily a, a top-down approach, but more of a fertile ground. The Beef Shed programme at Supernormal started in um, 2016, I think. It came about um, as an invita- invitation to do a residency as part of the festival. Myself and some other artists came up with this idea of calling it um, the cephalopod stage um, for two reasons, really. Um, first, that So within uh, filmmaking, early cinema, uh, sepia, the tone, is originally from uh, cuttlefish ink. um, But also we are interested in ideas about ecology and um, what it takes to make creative practice and like visual landscapes and languages and networks together. So cuttlefish or cephalopods as a species are known for... um, communicating through their skin and are the only other animal that's kind of got a a knowledge of visual interpolation so knowing if you have like a a circle outline in dash knowing that that then references to a circle in a way it's quite it's quite weird to um talk about this on a a podcast because it really is a visual kind of uh form of communication but um i'm hoping doing it justice uh uh, so yeah, it was kind of a pun on those sort of things. So it's a tiny, tiny shed that used to be a bird hide in in um, the woods at the festival. That we have um, a screen in the trees, and then um, we invite artists to perform, uh, do do a performance. I know that you're really interested in in the photochemical process and and using found sounds. So tell me a little bit about. Your fascination with with the processes and using found sound, and how you relate that to expanded cinema. At present, it's probably a bit of a uh, misnomer uh, about about that because um, I've kind of, my current practice kind of moved towards um, working with uh, live sound and um, different types of practitioners and musicians. So I've got kind of a adjunct practice to my sort of visual art practice, which is a performance, expanded performance ensemble called Viridian. Um, and that came about through the festival, actually, at Supernormal. I was with a bunch of musicians or um, people that I know from the kind of improv scene in Bristol. Um, and this 
varies from people who are in queer core sort of punk bands to people who are trained classically uh, composers and musicians. And we got together to talk about different ideas or different ways of playing. But in particular, there was like a united theme uh, within us about um, ideas about effect and tone and resonance and dissonance. The way I work with these people is we often have the print film as the score. So it's basically my whole repertoire of everything I've ever made on film cut up into three parts or two parts, depending on how long we want to play for. And then uh, I project that uh, with a variable speed projector. So mm-hmm. there's like, there is kind of some level, small like nuance of variation that I can do with like this changing the speed of the projector to, so that the um, rhythm of the projector can respond to the rhythms of the musicians. Then um, I also have a digital overlay of uh, digital projections, um, which can be images that are like from body cameras or really interested in ideas about the body. And um, a lot of the musicians that I work with are kind of queer feminist um, uh, musicians and, and work and show work in those kind of fields and scenes. So... The digital images, um, often like surveillance or body cameras, and they have a relationship to the musicians because there's a microphone that feeds th- that imagery. So whatever resonances the musicians are, I can isolate that then. A bit like VJ, sort mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. bringing different elements. So there's like a dual tactility to both the digital and analogue. And like throughout the course of the performance sometimes it's kind of quite hard to work out which bit is coming through which that confusion I think is really interesting. Artist Laura Phillips there is so much creative energy within Beef I love their DIY approach and their collective willingness to share skills and collaborate we'll share links and images on our website at intothemothlight.com until next time goodbye Into the moth light.